Did you go? Let's play the TAI intro. Let's do it. Just kidding. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. What's up, everyone? Griff's back. Another week of the Beer Engine Podcast. Uh, I am drinking Pliny the Elder, uh, which just it makes me so happy to drink this beer. It's like the only it's it's one of the few beers that I don't feel like I have to think about at all. It's just a very pleasant, joyful beer to drink. I mean, that's why I like lager too. But uh, I'm in a good mood today, Tony. Uh, I'm I'm selling a damn house. I'm uh. Uh, cutting my ties to the state of Illinois. Um, not like, not because everyone else is doing it because there's some fucking mega Trump guy. I'm just doing it because I uh, don't want to live there anymore. So, um, Tony, how about you? Are you, you thinking about packing up, moving across the country too? Maybe you're going to go somewhere with a couple more, um, Arby's or something in the, uh, in the area. Perth or something. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the only place that is COVID free, other than Tasmania. And Tasmania, well, Tasmania's Tasmania. Tasmania they is got de- they got the devil to deal with, so they do put up with that guy. But Tasmania is cold by Australian standards. Like and this is coming from somebody who lives in the second coldest state of Australia. Not cold by, say, Illinois standards, but it gets cold in Tassie cold. by Australian yeah. standards because we're a very temperate climate. Now, I could move to New South Wales, but that's COVID capital. I could move oh, to South, South Australia, but they're sort of the mortal enemies of Victorians, especially when it comes to football. I uh, could move to Queensland, but they're essentially full of themselves. There's nothing in the Territory other than a big rock. Uh, and then you've got New South, New South Wales asshole, which is the ACT. Oh, no. And then you've got WA. Now, WA is lovely, but WA has locked itself out from the rest of Australia and has Uh-oh. for almost 18 months now. Oh, God. Well, Tony, I, I only kind of know where any of those places are, and most of that is because uh, I do get on the station sports app, Tony, okay. and I look at the games that are going on in the football or ah. maybe some futures or whatever. So um, I can look at there right this right now. I got some matches for this weekend. Let's make a live bet okay. here, Tony. Let's uh, while we're while we got Australia on the brain. Uh, we've got these are the games for the twentieth of August. That's Friday morning here. Um, Port Adelaide, the Port Adelaide Power, and the Western Bulldogs. Yep. That's played over in South Australia because in Australia sure. the home team comes first. Kind of the reverse of how you do, you guys do it in America. Port Adelaide is a five-and-a-half-point underdog plus 120. Total is 156-and-a-half on that one. I don't like betting titles in Aussie rules. It's All right. Because, it's wild, yeah. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of gap between any of these. They're like basketball, um, which Brian loves betting that shit, so. Okay. Uh, next up, we got the Hawthorne Hawks and the Richmond Tigers. Don't you're the Richmond, that. Richmond, Richmond are the Spiders, if you're wondering. So they're uh, the Tigers. They're the Tigers. And Hawthorne uh, are yeah, the Hawthorne Hawks. 
Big spread on that one, ten and a half. Uh, do not like that either because you never know what Richmond are going to do. They're out of contention for the finals. So same with Hawthorne. They're both bottom sides. Who knows whether they're going to tank. What's the total on that? That's 153 and a half. Yeah, don't mind the under on that, right. but don't love it. See if we can do better. Gold, Gold Coast Suns and Sydney Swans are playing Friday night in the Pacific time zone. Uh, Gold Coast is uh, a 29 and a half point underdog. And they are plus 330, which almost seems, if it, based on the numbers, I know that the numbers in Aussie rules are different, but think, seeing a 29.5 point underdog that is only plus 335 feels yeah. out of whack to me, but, but that's you, all right. You've got to remember that we can have margins. I think our biggest margin this year has been a 95 point loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then we've had draws as well. So that's just kind yep. of the way this sport goes. Um, that one's one sixty-three on that total. Yeah. West Coast Eagles and Brisbane Lions. Uh, West Coast a thirty and a half point underdog, plus three fifty. If you want to, if you want to take Brisbane, you better put a penny on them because they're a minus <laughs> five hundred favorite. Yeah. If you want to make any money on that, um, Melbourne's going to play Geelong. Now this uh, is the game that. That's a good game. Yep, looks like it, it's going to be tight. I, my team played Geelong last week. Now, while we lost to Geelong, we're not a finals team. We didn't make the finals this year. We're out of contention to make the finals. Melbourne are towards the top of the ladder along with Geelong. I do not like Geelong. I really like Melbourne in this game. Give me the breakdown of the point spread, and then Melbourne um, is a one and a half point underdog. And uh, they are. Well, give me the line. A, uh, minus one hundred and five on the money line. Yep. Well, I like Melbourne. So you might as money. you might as well. You know, you, and I feel like you might as well buy the points for the well, yeah five dollars essentially if you're betting, uh, you know, a hundred. So yep. You might as well take your one and a half. Now, what's the total that on that? Point? And can you bundle one, the total with with the the line? One forty-five and a half. Take the under with Melbourne at the line. See, I don't think they're going to let me. I see. Uh, I'm going to have to. Um, oh, you can't do same game. Oh, can, I, oh, can I do it? Oh, I think I can actually. Yeah, because we on can this, do- I think they let me do uh, same game parlays. They won't let me do it on on the footy, the uh, the English footy. Okay. See, I've never caught, heard it called it, free. Let's see if it validates. It does. All right, so that's a $10 bet, Tony, to win $36. Melbourne uh, Melbourne and Geelong under 145.5 with Melbourne uh, to cover the 1.5 points. And here's why I like that bet. Geelong really struggled against up to put up a score early. Melbourne are a lot better at moving the ball. And I think they'll put up a score early and Geelong will try and keep it close and really close down the game. Geelong are really inefficient um, at scoring. Well, I'll know if we won this on Saturday morning when I wake up because this game is played at 2.25 a.m. Saturday morning, Pacific time. 
And uh, I am taking that one done. All right. We're in, Tony. Uh, we're there. Um, no. <laughs> it's interesting that you last... use... Sorry, before you yeah. get to the games, that you use the term footy for English football. I have certainly heard it called football, but in Australia, footy is genuine, genuinely or generally referred to Aussie rules specifically. Um, sure. Football can refer to any one of the three or four codes, depending on how you want to split rugby, or five codes, depending on how you it's, really want to split rugby. But footy is specifically Australian rules. I'll just, here. Call it so- I'll just call it soccer, <laughs> like all the other Chicagoans out there. Um, last three real quick to breeze through. Uh, Fremantle Dockers at Tony's Saints. Uh, t- the Saints are a four and a half point favorite. Don't like that at all. Uh, Collingwood is visiting Essendon. Um, Collingwood is a 23 and a half point underdog. As they should be. And then North Melbourne, the Kangaroos um, are going to be uh, potentially punching the Crows of Adelaide, right, Adelaide, Adelaide directly <laughs> in the face. Adeloid, don't go there. Um, but uh, that's a close-looking game. I don't know if either of those teams are good. but um, They're both you, terrible. Um, they're both They're both awful. So one-and-a-half point uh, favorites in North Melbourne to watch two shitty teams. So. Let me just have a look at the standings. I, I believe they're both at the bottom. No? At, yes, they are. It's the two bottom sides fighting it out. And if you're looking for to for uh, to win the grand final, okay. uh, you can get uh, you can get Geelong at plus two seventy five. If you like Brisbane, they're plus six hundred. And uh, you guys aren't totally out of it yet. You're you still have a chance because you are plus three hundred thousand. <laughs> if you want to take plus three hundred thousand. So I don't know what would have to happen to for a for a casino to even allow those types of odds, but oh, it feels like it's, it's fairly impossible. Yeah, we'd need um, every result to go our way, and we'd need to win our last three games total probably by six hundred points somewhere in that region <laughs> to jump yeah, enough so percentage. Win by two two hundred points a game, no problem. Yep, never happened and, before. Uh, um, Melbourne is plus two fifty. Yeah, um, or to Adelaide's plus four hundred. I like Brisbane at the. Did you say plus six hundred for Brisbane? Six hundred. Yeah, I like I like them. They they haven't had the best season, and they were probably expected to have a better regular season. I was about to say home and away season, but I know you guys don't refer to it as a home and away season, um, just a regular season. But. I I like them. I think they're a side that is built for the finals. So my my money, if I was going to bet Aussie rules, would be on Brisbane, uh, followed by Western Bulldogs, and then Melbourne. They're they're my right. top three for the premiership. I'll keep that in mind. We'll see how we do Saturday, and maybe I'll start throwing some more money around on this. Now, just before um, we finish with Aussie rules, there is an yeah. oddity that we have. Our major MVP award is not called the MVP. It's the Brownlow Medal, and there's probably a market for that. The interesting point about the Brownlow Medal is it's not done by media personnel. It's not done by the players. It's voted on by the umpires. 
they give their best three, two, and one every game. It's a bizarre. I actually think that's a. I think that's a good idea. So it's like a, a three stars of the of the match type thing, like yep. um, like hockey has. Yeah. Yep. And you don't know the results of them until the it comes the award time. So that's generally a big betting market that we have every year, and that gets held the week before the grand final. The, the Monday before the grand final is the Brownlow night. Um, and it generally goes to a midfielder, which is kind of like the midfield role in football that you would be used to. Yeah. Sort oh, of yeah. that person that, that is that connector between forward and back but does ro- both roles as needed. They're the ones yeah. that cover the majority of the ground as they're, well. They're running running the, you know, 20 days a game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They are. Um, they're running like Deli Alley, who ran 11 kilometers in the game the other day uh, in a Spurs victory. Very exciting. Um, Tony, uh, another big deal in Australia. Let's let's stay focused on Australia right now. Okay, let's. We've we've been following a saga uh, in your life and seeing if we can get you across the finish line on an important you know life target. And that is that we wanted to get you to eat one of these weird Domino's pizzas um, that are essentially native to Australia. They're like the koala or the kangaroo or the the, the Tasmanian devil or the uh, fucking three-eyed cro- crocodile or um, the Frosty the Snowman. And all those things live there. Yeah, but uh, you could have picked our favorite animal, which, of course, extremely cute. Look one up, as I, as I recommend. This is a real animal. W- wombat. No, no, they wombats have square poo. That's a real thing. They're, they're oh, that's awesome. Their shit is um, square, <laughs> like they're cubes. But that's cool. No, I think Australia's cutest animal is the quokka. Oh yeah, I know that thing. It is that is a cute little thing. Yep, I love that thing. Don't make it Domino's. Don't you dare make a pizza out of that thing. I'll be so pissed off at you. Now, I, I don't – quokkas are any, a protected species, but they may at some point do a kangaroo pizza because kangaroos are a pest kind of like deer in America or moose or, or bison, something like that. They look, they look sort of like a wombat and a koala like fell together or like fucked each other or something. They're, they've got sort of a little fuzzy guy look. Like a wombat has, but they have sort of a cute little face. Well, like a little teddy bear face. A yeah, they're like a squirrel, maybe. Yeah, but they they're kind of like a um, they jump like a kangaroo. They're they're actually a oh, form God. of wallaby. Yeah, it's I, I'm like I'm assuming this is some kind of marsupial. Yep. Yep. Right. You guys got all those things now. All we got is raccoons up here. Uh, that's that's the only marsupial. That's not a marsupial. Possum. Those are marsupials. Yeah, and we your got them possums are ugly. About. Yeah, they're hideous. You have the cute ones there. We do. We have the um, really cute ones. So, so smoke, smoke possum pizza, uh, I think, is what I said you were eating. Um, so, Tony, all right, seriously now, what, what did you go with? You went to – it sounds like you went to Domino's or maybe even tried to make your own version of it or something. No. <laughs> did you actually go to Domino's yes. and what did you do there? I went to Domino's and I ordered pizza as well mm. as as well as the garlic knots. How can you pass up garlic knots? Have to order the Those garlic. are good, yeah. Yeah. Um All right. If I'm going to Domino's, I'm not going to eat vegetables. So roasted vegetable deluxe out. Um my okay. father doesn't eat any sort of bird due to a childhood 
uh, traumatic experience where his uncle chased him around with headless chickens. So out I'm go- surprised about this. Out goes the yeah. loaded chicken and parmesan pizza along with the crispy barbecue peking duck I, and bacon. I would have guessed anything you got the duck one. That would have been my that would have been my assumption that you got the duck one. That probably would have been my choice. So that then leaves okay. two. Um smoked salmon pizza with rocket has been done to death. So had mm-hmm. to try, I think the most stereotypical Australian one, the salmon. And Prawn Supreme. Okay. Now, I like seafood pizza, Tony. I've had good results with seafood pizza. We have good versions of it here in the States. Uh, the, the the Connecticut clam pizza being the most famous uh, version of it. And I've had it a few times, and it's really fucking tasty. Um, so I'm not sure how. I, I've probably had some kind of Wolfgang Puck fucking smoked salmon shit i know i've eaten smoked salmon flatbreads to death but so so give me a breakdown here what 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 did you think what what's sort of the toppings on this thing my biggest concern about this is that it's gooey but but what did you no no gooey here um this was as i said not the smoked salmon it was it was Mm -hmm. a cooked salmon um and i think it went on raw because it, it well it was slightly overcooked which you would expect yeah, I would um, figure it was overcooked. At Domino's. It it was pretty good for a Domino's cooked piece of All dish. Right. They're in they're in reasonable size chunks. Um it had prawns, which were, were good standard like probably frozen prawns. Um Yeah, sure. Yeah, again not surprising, yeah. Yeah. Probably had, overcooked to a degree because they had to yeah. go in a, in a hot ass oven for six, seven, eight minutes. Yeah, yep. And then we had roasted pumpkin. Who doesn't like some... I thought I saw a sweet potato or something on here. It was pumpkin. Yeah. And you guys, what we would be using for roast pumpkin, you would probably call a squash because I'm guessing it's probably a butternut squash. Oh, okay. If you're familiar with that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We use the pumpkin as a catch-all term for those vegetables. So it's a butternut yeah. pumpkin in Australia rather than a butternut squash. And then it's just got some sliced red onions. That's it. And just really a cheese base, not even their, their cheese and garlic base. Um, no mm. tomato sauce. And it had a, um, it says a drizzle, drizzle of hollandaise sauce, but it really just yeah. mayo. Yep. So It looks like a drizz, yeah. It it was it was nice. I'm not sure it was worth right. the money. Um, it says here it's on that a cream base, and yeah, it was fine. It was good. I've had better seafood pizzas. Yes, they're more expensive than that, but Domino's pizza. You know what you're going to get every time. Give me a five dollar value range pizza every day of the week. They were my other yeah. two pizzas. I think they were just as good, if not better got to be honest just a good pepperoni pizza or the beef and onion if you're not sure whether your dominoes has the beef and onion part of the five dollar you can get anything on on a pizza yeah at dominoes here yeah i would say uh i i would probably have the same feeling tony i was gonna say like and you answered it for me i think i'd rather just eat a fucking sausage or pepperoni pizza from from dominoes i just don't really I'd probably eat this thing and be like, I just wish this had some fucking cheap sauce on it. Yeah. Some red sauce. I just want some red sauce to dip this in and not think anymore. You know? Uh, 
that that's the joy of eating Domino's. It's fucking brain dead food. Um, it, it is, and I'm a pizza connoisseur. I love like a great margarita pizza done mm-hmm. the traditional way, not certificates and all that bullshit, but just a good wood fired or even a good electric fired oven that's hot enough works for me. But um, when you're ordering Domino's or any of those fast food chain pizzas, all you want is a good version of that. I don't consider them in the same class yeah. as great pizza, but it's great. Um, it's what it is. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's good. Exactly it's like what Papa you want. John's. Yep. Papa John's, it, you're like happy if nobody says a racial slur and you can dip it in the garlic butter at the end. That's all you really want from Papa John's. You don't need it. We're not overthinking the Papa John's. And maybe you get to eat that little salad pepper too. That thing's good. <laughs> um, Tony, I was eating pizza this week too, and I want to talk about this pizza I ate. Okay. Um, I, uh, I went to a place here in town that I think I've talked about in the Vegas arts district called good pie. And, um, it is what it says. I've been there many times now. They make very, very good pizza. They make lots of different types of pizza. So they make, um, Brooklyn style, like New York slices. They make what is kind of called a grandma style pizza. They call it. So it's sort of a square pan pizza. A little bit, not like Detroit style, but just okay. sort of like a pizza you can bake in an oven. Like it's yep. good. I really like it. Um, and it has the cup and char peps on there, which I love. And then they make a Detroit style. And we've talked a little bit about that on here, right? Where you push the cheese up against the like very crusty sort of Sicilian ish style. Yeah, where you're almost pizza. pushing the cheese down the sides to create right. sort of a, an encrusted crust. crust cheese fat yeah, it's hybrid good. thing. So they've started this new uh, kind of Frankenstein that they've been doing. They have some little Italian, like, not to steal the term um, from Olive Garden, but they're making some Italian classics over there, Tony, also. <laughs> Pumping out some lasagnas and some uh, 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 chicken parms and stuff. And uh, this pizza um, was in that in this mold of sort of this uh, sandwiching. So one thing they have on the permanent menu is a chicken parm pizza. And now, before we, pizza. Before we okay, dive sure. deep into the pizza, got to get your opinion on the chicken palm. Your chicken palm. We all know breaded chicken, red sauce, sure. cheese. Yep. Got it. Ham or no ham? Oh, we don't really do ham here, but I would have ham. Absolutely. That is correct answer. Yeah. Correct answer. I would say you put a little. I mean, I know I don't know what kind of ham you're putting on there, but give me like a slice of prosciutto around there, and I'm pretty. I'll be a happy guy. Yeah, yeah probably not as fancy as prosciutto, but just a good thin slice of ham sure. is all you need. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'd eat it with ham. I, that's somewhere between a cordon bleu and a and a parm, but I'm I'm good with that. Sure, <laughs> it's an Aussie parm. Um, yeah, uh, maybe I can get him to do that. I'll ask. Uh, so in this case, uh, what they're doing with the chicken parm pizza is uh, they're just putting, taking that thing, the chicken parm, and they are cutting the pizza essentially like a, a slice of bread. They're cutting it in half. Ah. Uh, essentially, I don't know how to describe the way they're cutting it on like the, you would without making the hand motion. Like you would a panini. Yeah, if you were cutting a very thick slice of bread, um, yep. uh, I guess lengthwise... Yeah, or like a focaccia. Yeah, if you're cutting down the whole focaccia to cut it in half and open it up like a sandwich, that's exactly yeah. how they're cutting it. Gotcha. So they're cutting it like that. It's pizza already. They're cutting it in half to do that. And then they are putting the chicken parm 
in the middle of the pizza, in between the two halves of the pizza. Um, I'm a big and fan. I like the idea. Crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure how it was executed, but I'm a big fan. I would have ordered. So I this. haven't had. So I hadn't had that one. Okay. Uh, they were doing a special this week. That was a very similar thing, but it was a chicken bacon ranch version of it. Okay, so we're so, still talking breaded chicken that's been sliced up? We or? got breaded chicken okay. sliced up in the middle of the thing, and we've got uh, on the top no red sauce. That's different. Yep. And then big square slices of thick-cut, like, high-end bacon. Like Ooh. real quality, but not bacon shards or anything. I mean, it was like pepperoni-sized bacon lardons, essentially. Yep. Gotcha. And then you got the cheese on there, and then just ranch drizzle oh. all over the whole thing. And the Detroit crust and all that stuff is still intact. And I'll say this: it's fucking delicious. I mean, I'll never, I never need to eat this thing again. This version of it, but. I, I thought it was great. It was a lot. I mean, it was very rich. It was very wild. I had one slice, and I was like, absolutely not. You'll never make me eat any more of this. <laughs> That's what but I was going to ask. Could you order it by the slice, or are you ordering a full pie? You had to order the smallest one. We, we ordered the smallest one and shared it between Kelly, I, and, and a friend. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, we each ate a slice, and he, I, we were like, you have to take the last one. Oh, I can't eat this. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it only, so it ended up with four slices, which was perfect. Uh, but it did, the, the unfortunate thing was if I had just gotten the chicken parm, I probably could have just eaten the chicken parm one and never thought about any of this again, but I liked it enough that now I'm like, shit, I have to go get the parm one. Cause the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, damn, this would be fucking good with some red sauce all over it. This would be so good with a bunch <laughs> of that red sauce on it. It'd be so tasty. Um, this thing was wild. I can't recommend this enough. You guys have to go to Good Pie. You don't have to get the insane pizza. Get any of their stuff. They have a walk-up window for slices, and uh, they have canned uh, Negronis that you can drink. Um, it's a great it's a great spot to hit up. And they make a killer bourbon cocktail that's like bourbon and Amaro and Campari. Nice bitter drink with some orange in there. Uh, so that place rocks, and that pizza was fucking over the top. So yeah. that was a big win. We are primarily a drink show. What did you have to drink with it? Were you drinking Pliny with it or were you drinking I was drinking this cocktail with it. This cocktail was perfect for it because it was all bitters. So I I finished it and I still had about a third of my cocktail left. And I was like, oh, thank God this can help me survive. So essentially it sort of helped me help settle my stomach after eating the death pizza. Um, I I don't know if I would drink beer with this. It, It would have to be something... Of lesser volume, I'm not sure I could drink a 16 ounce beer with the with the uh, with the death pizza. But good, hey, good times downtown. We had a nice time uh, uh, bouncing around, going back to Silver Stamp. I had to go back to Silver Stamp, of course. And um, it was it was just an overall uh, killer pizza. Good pizza week for us, Tony. Well, I ate better pizza than you, but it was it was a good good week of eating eating some za. Hey, I like. Domino's $5 value range, comfort food, true comfort food. That's some true comfort food, yeah. Um, Tony, it wouldn't be an episode of the Beer Engine if we didn't uh, at least uh, slightly talk about some basketball because another Vegas thing I was up to was going to the Summer League. 
this was an interesting experience in the COVID era. Uh, not super crowded, which was nice. That's reassuring. But, um, I did get to see a depleted Bulls team uh, somehow. A depleted Summer League Bulls uh, <laughs> play play against the uh, play against the Memphis Grizzlies and get their shit kicked in, which was pretty cool. So. Now, what thank, does that lineup consist of? Was there anybody of note? Maybe. Well, we had our draft pick, so Io, Io Desunmu was playing from Illinois. He's uh, our second round pick. He's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna be able to play defense. He's a big, lanky fellow. Looks like his legs are gonna snap off. We got to get him in the NBA gym, uh, get his legs bulked up. Um, but he looks good. He's very athletic defensively. Um, shot looks like total trash. If he can get a three pointer, he'll get a lot of con- He'll get a lot of money. He'll make a lot of money playing defense and defending. Yeah, um, but three and D players are so rare these days. Well, not these days. Are rare in general. There's this idea that people can develop a shot outside of Kawhi Leonard. Can you name me an NBA player that has gone from a trash shot into a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter? I think he's more skilled offensively um, than maybe not Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi out of college, at least. But I, I think he is. He's has. He can take off the bounce. I'll give him that. He's not shooting threes great, but he can take guys off the off the dribble. So he's got that going for him at least. Um, if he can get to thirty five percent, it would be a miracle. But we'll just have to see. Um, good defensive player. Can he be? Could he be Keith Bogans or something? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I don't know how many of those guys exist anymore. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't think he's as good as Matisse at defense, but he's gonna. He, he had four or five steals. Um, and then who who else did we get to see? So Patrick Williams was already they sent him home. They said, "All right, we're not getting you hurt." He played three games. They saw enough. Um, they uh, uh, I think we saw. Um, oh, uh, some Simonovic, Marco, Marco from Serbia. We saw him. He uh, was fine, and uh, otherwise it was all G League, G yep. League talent, pretty much. Yeah, that was it. Now, Chicago um, are one of the 25 teams that have G League teams. Is that correct? Yeah, we have, we have a G League team. Okay. They're called the Windy City Bulls, which is not confusing at all. So, <laughs> Why did they go no with problem, the same yeah. mascot? This is what I want to know. I can understand wanting to have the same similar branding. Use the same colours as the Bulls, but go with the calves or the steers or the yeah, cows. The, the stags might have been good since we where that was what the Bulls were called. Early on, so that that would have been the way to go. And I know, um, like you were talking about Aussie rules earlier, the the feeder team for the Port Adelaide Power is the Port Adelaide Magpies. They couldn't use that in the AFL because Collingwood have that. So yeah, so um, yeah, you got it. Um, The most important thing that happened to me at this wasn't basketball. Uh, Was it concessions? Yes, uh, did go yes. to m- with my friend, with our friend Brian, friend of the show, uh, the pot, our, the podcast Godfather. Um, he uh, he joined me on this um, on this adventure. So we were moseying about. They have two stadiums going at a time, right? So they have a ga- the games going on over at the pavilion that's connected to the Thomas and Mac, and then you can go back into the Thomas and Mac and watch the games. So we're walking between them. And uh, I just sort of glanced out of my eye a concession stand called Cocktails Incorporated. 
This sounds which, genius. Which begged the question of what could that be? And well, uh, so we walked past it and, and I sort of say, well, let's check out Cocktails Incorporated. Yeah, it, it means that they've got limited liability, which is always reassuring in a bar that yeah. it's not a sole proprietorship or a partnership, I think. Yeah, that does make me feel better. And I like to think about sort of their um, their tax status is sort of a big concern for me. Are they public or private is, is one thing I'm stuck on when I'm watching these guys. So we hit up the Cocktails Incorporated. Why not? You know, whatever. We, have an, we, we could get a drink in us. And, uh, you know, of course, it's overpriced, but it's not horrible for uh, for an NBA event. It was 10 bucks. That's not bad. For, for the house vod- vodka, uh, which was New Amsterdam, which, fine, whatever. Um, I'm not going to pay the four extra dollars to get fucking Grey Goose. I don't care. <laughs> it's vodka. Um, yeah, who cares? So... Um, the, the interesting part of this was, well, first of all, they weren't really doing a lot of cocktailing. They essentially had three types of liquor. They had, they didn't have gin was an interesting what? thing for cocktails incorporated. Yeah. yeah. They had vodka, a uh, very cheap bourbon and, uh, some very cheap rum. Uh, so we both order vodka sodas and uh, we, we see the fellow starting to pour. He's got sort of a. Maybe we'll call it a six, maybe a twelve ounce or sixteen ounce cup, and the ball, and he fills it up with ice, and he's struggling with the ball bearing thingy that's in the top of these liquor bottles. You know that they put the little um, spout on with the ball bearing that'll kind of stop when it's a shot. Yep. He sort of isn't believing it, so because he's getting frustrated with it, he just continues pouring vodka into the cups. He fills the cups after the. I know there's ice in there. I would say at least two thirds full of vodka. Nice. I'd say we're at th- four to five shots of vodka at this point uh, in this drink. And um, so he tops up with a soda, and me and Brian sort of look at each other like, what just happened? So we walk back down, take a sip of our drinks. I mean, he had opened a fresh club soda. There is no carbonation in this drink because it is all vodka. It is pure. So it is just like slightly watered down so vodka. You, what you've got is a martini rather than dry vermouth. You've got water. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's what we wanted. So, yeah, essentially um, managed not to get too not fucked up at least. Um and at least we had a game and a half to sip on those things because those were monsters. But that was a uh, that was a truly remarkable uh, cocktail experience. Thank you, Cocktails Incorporated, and our friend Tommy at Cocktails Incorporated. If you're listening, you know, and hey, maybe you can come. Uh, maybe we'll we'll hire Cocktails Incorporated for our you know next listener party or something. Get it get it going. You wouldn't hire John Taffer. Oh, be. you know, he's in town. I mean, we could. Uh, I I would love to get yelled at. What What do you got about John Taffer these days? Would it you see, surprise like you? you got some, feels like you got some news on John Taffer, Tony. Would it surprise you that he appeared on Fox News? No. No, I know about his thing. He's, he's an awful person. Okay. Did you know that he compared um, workers to... Um, dogs in the fact that a hungry worker yeah. 
is an obedient worker or specifically a hungry dog is an obedient dog. Um, I think that says everything we need to know about John Taffer. I don't think that... I don't think that says very much about what he knows about dogs, I think, is one, one concern I have. Uh, well, this is his, his – um, I don't think he does either because this is his quote. They only feed military dogs at night because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. dog. Well, if we're not causing people to be hung- – we're not causing people to be hungry to work and then it trails off. But, yeah, it, I actually saw the clip – he is a horrible person normally, but this this was even horrible for Fox News. When you have to apologise for something you said on the Laura Ingram, Ingram program, Ingram show. <laughs> you've, you've done something truly terrible. Remember, this is a woman that told LeBron to shut up and dribble. That's not even yeah, his strong suit. Love that. He's, he's not a handles guy. At the time, that would have been a Kyrie thing. He's got great handles. Tell LeBron, how, does, how does a... How did Laurie Ingram not know about LeBron's handle? I know. Damn. She she clearly that is a basketball fan there if ever I've seen one. I could I could see her getting into the X's and O's. I imagine her as like a a, a big deep dive, huge fan of like the white mamba or um not look only he's a foreigner, um JJ Reddick. Um give me other white guys. Um, that are in uh, Rick, Rick Smith. I don't know. No, he's, he's not American. <laughs> she would only support American white people. Frank, this Frank, is all... Brick, Frank Brickowski. No. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Hansborough. Uh, Tyler. Oh boy, I'm sure she loved Tyler Hansborough. Um, yeah. I, uh, what are the fucking Duke? Uh, the Duke. Uh, why can't I remember the uh, Plumleys? The Plumleys. The he's Plumleys. a big Plumleys fan. Yeah. Yep, Christian Lightner. Like, that would have been who she no, supported no, no, growing no, no, no. up. Stockton. Um, the uh, looks like John had a couple of loans out from uh, these um, couple of these three P three P loans, the PP PPP loans. Had a couple of these bad boys out for a total of sixty thousand eight hundred and fifty eight dollars. Hey, I make more than that in a year, Tony. Not to pat myself on the back. But um, shouldn't but, uh, we be keeping these businesses hungry? Because we only feed dogs at night. Shouldn't we only feed businesses at night? Or when yeah. they actually do something or pay more than a minimum wage? Because we all know that his business is not paying more than a minimum wage because he's a big fan of the tips. Because we all know a hungry dog is an obedient dog. Tony, we should get let's get that bleep button out. I think we should take John Taffer out back and I don't know. Uh, we don't have a bleep. Hose button, him down with a pressure washer. Just yeah. based on your That's what that's what I said. I said we should hose him down with a pressure washer. Yep. Okay. We can that's move what we on should do. from John Taffer. I, I don't want to I of course won't be encouraging any violence. No, Taffer. hence why I used the pressure washer. Yeah. I don't think Just he so, showers very often. That's something you would do with a dog. Yeah. I think. Look, I, I think John Taffer... Use a spray I, bottle on him like a, like a, uh, like a rabbit or whatever, or a cat. Yep. You'd spray the cat down with a spray bottle. John Taffer... Oops, I, mis, I misplaced my, my, my Derringer next to the spray bottle, and I wasn't paying attention. Now, John Taffer, he reminds me of a person... I don't know where I'm getting this, 
but I don't think he showers very often. He wears a suit. He's but pretty I, greasy. Yeah, he's very greasy. I think he uses a lot of deodorant to cover up his body smell. Not even deodorant. I think he's a big cologne guy. You know those guys that use cologne to cover their body odor smells? That to me. Yeah, I did. I, I, did col- I went to college with all of them at once. Uh, <laughs> we were all there together. It was a walking through a big X body spray. Fucking, if you got on an elevator at any college apartments in Champaign, Illinois in 2006, it was just a wave of that fucking BO, sweat, BO, and X, and Febreze also, because nobody's clothes were clean. So just mix all those together. You got a stew going, buddy. That's something. Mm, delightful. All right, Tony, uh, I think we have gone on long enough about a lot of topics that nobody cares about. So how about we move on to a different topic that nobody cares about, which is our favorite beers of the week. Are you sure? Let's change things up and let's go with some wine. Oh, my God. We have to drink about do we have to talk about the wine? I Sure. Let's talk about some wine, Tony. Wine of the week. Griff's wine of the week. No drop for that. Is uh, is is. Uh, brought to you by uh, the fine folks at Behringer. If you would like something that kind of tastes like strawberry soda and uh, Tommy's pour of, of New Amsterdam, try Behringer White Zin. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> you uh, drank White Zin? Is that really what this good wine was that was in the show no, notes? No, I actually drank good wine. Um, my, my, very, uh, my lovely wife, Kelly, of course, brought some wine home. From her trip to the Central Coast a, f- a few weeks ago, and I drank good wine. But Behringer is sponsoring this segment, so we're gonna okay. we're gonna pat them on the back for this. But anyways, um, I didn't drink any Behringer. I just drink that normal. That's not really a featured wine. You know, I, you know I'm just drinking that day to day. You know, yeah, that's Knock what you start your morning off, with. You're fine. Mm-hmm. And yep. just add some salsa. Just mm-hmm. string it out through maybe the day. Two liter cask. Maybe. You know, and what tastes better with lunch than a glass of it, too, really? What tastes better um, with breakfast than a glass of that? And or, or what do you have by your bedside when you wake up at 3 in the morning having nightmares? You know, Of course. You know, it's, knowing, a night- it's, it's well known as a nightmare, nightmare depressor. It's purely healthy. It's a healthy thing to do. So we drank some wine, Tony, that was good, actually. Um, it was from a winery called Waylon. Which is not spelled like Waylon Jennings or Waylon Smithers. Boom. It's spelled slightly different with an A instead of an O at the end. Um, and I was eating, we were eating some barbecue pork chops, Tony, and this wine went so damn good with those. Um, <laughs> they weren't barbecued. They just, I know they were barbecued like an American barbecue shit. They had barbecue sauce and Yeah, I'll get what you mean. Right. Yeah, good enough. But I got to say, this wine, I've been to this winery before, and this winery's vibe, this winery has big brewery vibes to me. I don't know why. The way the people talk about the wine, the like level of excitement, the way the guys look, right, reminds me of brewers. <laughs> They're very chill. They're ball caps and hoodies, um, and the wine is very, it reminds me more, their their sort of style reminds me more of like, high-end artisanal farmhouse beer than it does sort of the stylistic elements of of wine traditionally right um it's got a very like natural touch to it so we had the syrah it was super dry um it was uh very fruit 
fruit forward for something so dry, but finish super clean. I love this wine with barbecue. It was super good. It cut these, the pork chops were a little fatty, but I like that. Um, and it cut that real well. Kelly has a lot more bottles of wine from this winery and from a couple others up there. And it got me super pumped to drink this stuff. Cause, um, this might've become the wine engine podcast because I'm digging this. It has big, like pre canceled Hill farmstead vibes about this, like, stuff it's it's not carbonated or anything but yeah. you drink it a little more chilled it's got this very dry finish about it this slight funk to it this very distinct like kind of if it's using fruit which it is because it's wine <laughs> but it has this very distinct fruit flavor to it right but it's yep. it's i don't know super clean super good i dug this stuff man really good yeah really like the, the branding now on to topics more familiar People are probably thinking that intro for that segment is way too long. And normally I would agree. But what it enables me to do is open up my untapped, find the beer I'm actually going to talk about without sort of bringing pause and bringing the show to a halt. I'm a big fan of the length of the intro to this segment. Yeah, I love it. It's very unsettling. Sort of sounds like it's being played by a calliope or, or something, you know, uh, it's great. Or, or I'm like, I've stumbled into like the it, like a scene in it or something, but yep. All right, Tony, give it up. What are you, what are you, what are you drinking? Cough it up. One of my favorite, um, large volume breweries in Australia. I would consider them large, large volumes. They're not a macro by any standard, but one of our bigger, bigger independents, of course, owned by McFanning, you know, which brewery I'm talking about. Oh, Sure. Belter, famous for their XPA, Mm -hmm. Australia's very own style. But they've actually put out a West Coast style IPA in the new West Coast style, that clear but still sort of more hoppy. I think think we're kind of agreeing on Neo West Coast as a... As a thing, I think yep. I think the the IPAs coming out of places like Burgeon tend to, uh, um, uh, or even Beechwood to a degree, tend to tend to have that that yeah. feel to them, and like really fruit forward, but not not gloopy, well attenuated. Um, like this had Cryo Idaho Seven in it, um, Strata, and one of my favourites. I know it's divisive, uh, Sabro. Um, oh, I love I love Sabro, Tony. Um, it's, I'm, you know, I'm a coconut boy. I have my yep. coconut tropical fruit flavor. And it, it did have that really, really tropical, but, but in that West Coast style, uh, Electric Wonderland is the name of it. It should be available at most places in Australia. Shouldn't, right. shouldn't be hard to come by. Uh, 7% and they actually give an IBU and it's 58, which is perfect for that, that West Coast thing that finishes dry. The target, yeah. Is fruity. Um, what about yourself? What was your beer of the week? Tony, I got a couple I got to talk about. You know, I can't pick one unless it's lager of the week. Then we are we are religiously choosing one lager. But uh, these two, a couple pairs of, or a pair of stout, a couple, not a couple pairs, just a pair. Um, one, a sweet sugar bomb. It was a 
back back to the classics, Tony. We are getting we I'm I am fully entrenched in Las Vegas and my shipments are coming in. This one came from the boys at Burial. You know I love them. Had to get back in with the boys, the fam over at Burial. And this one is called, you're gonna love this title, Tony. Uh, Death be no escape in the valley of the never still. Love it is the name of this one. <laughs> Love um, some stuff that that's vaguely religious, but yeah, is really doesn't really nonsense. just word word salad. Yeah, uh, Tony, uh, we could do a quick untrapped on this if you want. We're gonna do, we're, and that'll be a nice uh, leader up to our game later. But um, I won't put you in the well yet. This will be a nice practice round for you. Um, this one is an imperial stout with toasted almond, toasted coconut, cinnamon, co- cocoa nib, sea salt, and vanilla bean. Um, it uh, has, uh, yeah, it has. It's fourteen percent, three hundred and four ratings on this one. Tony, what, throw out a number. What do you think? We'll uh, practice round for you. Four point four four. Uh, you're, 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 he's dialed in folks. It's 4.46. Uh, we're, we're in trouble. I'm in trouble later. He's coming out of that. Well, and he's going to beat me silly. I think, um, I love the paragraph as always. There are concept. These are concepts without end, the budding growth of immense potential and the perpetual disdain of all that is what once was, uh, this was a collab with three sons. Um, the result is German chocolate cake with whipped cream, salted caramel, al- iced almond joy, and splendid jollies of the unlimited confectionery tales- tale. So this beer was very sweet, Tony, but it yep. was very distinctly almond and coconut. So you know I'm into that. Those are two flavors that I can't get enough of. So. Now, here's something that's just occurred to me with the descriptions that Burial give. Are you familiar with that um, Lorium Epsom text that goes into dummy documents or whatever yeah. it's called? Oh, yeah. yeah. Whenever that's, you do a prototype website, yeah. Yeah, that's what I feel their descriptions are, or it's poetry that is deliberately designed not to make sense that people overanalyze. It's the yeah. kind of stuff that I'm into. I love their descriptions. Um, big fan Stuff that goes to a literary journal but nobody likes, you know. Whatever. Yeah, but it sort of allows the over intellectuals to sort of mentally masturbate, but actually means nothing. Honestly, the rhythm of the words is more important than the, uh, than the actual words that are being said. So I kind of, I can kind of see how that is. Um, the other one I drank, Tony was, uh, was on the other end of it. Uh, this was the Westbound and down, uh, and I am watching Eastbound and down. So oh. just, just so everybody knows, but this is the Westbound and down from Colorado their bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. It came in a little baby can, a little eight ounce can, um, and it is all bourbon, baby. This is um, Blanton's, Weller, and Dickel barrels all kind of ended up blended together. Uh, a super delicious um, bourbon barrel aged stout, straight up. Reminded me of Bourbon County. Had all the best qualities of beers like that that are sort of. Maybe a little less distinctive than sometimes the uh, the, the straight jackets or the the uh, the revolutions can be. Yep. But um, really a strong, nice, um, you know, kind of alcohol burn from the bourbon. I really enjoyed this. Nice, free, little sweetness up front, but, but very drinkable. Um, 
and Tony, I'm not going to make you play. I'm, I'm not giving you another practice round, but you would have been, if you just guessed the same thing, you would have been close because this is 4.47 <laughs> on, on the uh, westbound and down, barely stout. Now, um, where do you, beer. I thought this might have come out of Texarkana because, of course, Smoking the Bandit. Where do you right. fall on the Smoking the Bandit film? Is it in your top five films of all time? Smoking okay, the Bandit? Um... It should be. It is a great film, but uh, sure. I don't know. I never made my list, so sure. It's number five. I don't know. It is a great movie. Yep. We will have to do that (laughs) at some stage. We will have to do an homage to Sorry for Your Luck. Uh, A lot of our listeners won't know who Sorry for Your Luck are, but let me just say they're big into honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we haven't done enough rating shit on here, have we, to – no, we to, have come, not. to come anywhere close to that, <laughs> even though all we do is talk about rating shit. And uh, well, good news, I have some rating shit to do after this. Tony, let's let's uh, let's cut out of here and let's do a quick logger of the week. Tony, I have to give my ultimate logger of the week props, and we know what the ultimate logger of the week. Uh, uh, um, I guess result is, is that I pick the same one twice in a row if I really love it. And this is one I love more than anything. And I drank it again this week. It's the same one, Tony. It's the Schlenker La Hellas lager beer <laughs> that I went back to silver stamp to drink more of because it's fucking awesome. It's, uh, it's up there in the top couple lagers I've had here in Vegas, but good news for everybody who's missing Freem Pills is they just put it back on draft at Corey's, so I'm sure I'll be having some this week. So we can just cut right back to Freem Pills. I'm just going to keep saying the same three beers over and over again, Tony. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I've actually got myself some um, – it's not a lager, but I know yours is a smoked beer, but I've got my hands on a uh, smoked rye Baltic porter from our good friends Oh, my friends God, that sounds good. Yep. Um, so comes in at almost nine percent. Should be delicious. Love myself a smoke porter. You know, a local a local brewer here. Um, that I think I've talked about Juxta Juxta Nomad at some point, who is a yeah, uh, gypsy brewer in the area here, um, who had been a dose of James before they closed, and I think he's doing a lot of his brewing down the road over at Astronomy. Uh, he um. He made a smoked Weizenbach, which gave me a little anxiety, but I do think I want to try it. Yeah, I think I got to get my hands on that. And uh, it was called Smoke Wheat Every Day, which I I believe is the name of about 26 different beers on Untapped, if you look it up. So Um, you do want to get my hands on that one. So some more smoked beer. It's a good season for smoked beer in about a month and a half here because it'll start to at least get into the 70s. So. Yeah. Now, what's your ideal season for a smoked beer? I know we drink stouts in the middle of summer, but for me, spring or autumn are the perfect times yeah. for those smoked beers for whatever the smoked reason. Lager, the smoked lager, it's fine any time. I don't care about that. The smoked Hellas, that's a 12-month beer right there. But uh, some of these white, like, I, I guess it just has to do with the style that's not even the smoke part. So smoke Weizenbach, I don't know why, but a cool fall day which in Vegas happens in late November um, is would be lovely to have a nice seven and a half percent smoke Weizenbach. That sounds tasty to me. That sounds nice. You know, I could go for some of that. The the leaves are falling. <laughs> I don't think they will be, you know, uh, you have trees the, the in pal- Vegas. 
that are not plastic. Well, we got a lot of we have we got them all, man. We don't have trees that like like oak trees or anything, but there are these little desert trees all over the place. I don't think they're gonna have leaves that come off though. I gotta be no. honest. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in big smoke mood, uh, which isn't gonna make um, my housemate too happy because she doesn't want she doesn't want any of that. So that's all right. Um, so that's the logger of the week. We'll we'll plow through this thing. Uh, Tony, I got a lot of news this week, actually. So why don't we jump over to um, our other one of our other beloved segments? It's Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. All right, this week's news is not fucking front page Tribune news for once. It's more of our dumb bullshit, which is what everybody wants. Absolutely. This one comes from our friends over at NBC 29 in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, our, Count on our us is the tagline. Long time listener and fan, Madison McNamee. No, I'm not sure if she's related to Brian McNamee, the uh, guy who gave Barry Bonds steroids, I think. Um, no, don't have don't know that one, Tony, from many many years ago. That, no, that story. All right. No, I don't. I, I didn't delve delve that deep into the uh, Barry Bonds cream saga. Speaking of cream, uh, Champion Brewing and Duke's Mayonnaise are teaming up to create a very interesting drink. Uh, soon, you'll be able to enjoy a beer that pairs perfectly with mayo. So, Tony, are you at all familiar with Duke's mayonnaise? No, that's what I was going to ask you. The only American mayonnaise brand that I'm familiar with and f- quite fond of is Hellman's. Big fan of their Dukes. mayo. Yeah, Duke's is is a um, is what I would call a premium mayonnaise. Um, okay. It's a regional thing, but I but I believe they do have it all over the country now. Just a nicer mayonnaise. I actually don't mind Hellman's either. Um, and uh, here on the West Coast, I believe it's called Best Foods uh, mayonnaise, but um, it's the same mayonnaise. But Duke's is sort of a little bit higher end, a little bit richer, uh, a little more, a little bit better, I guess, taste, a little more clearer, more natural taste than, say, a Hellman's. Um, so here's what happened the name of the new beer, Family Recipe, honors the fact that Duke still uses its original recipe today. Every day we get questions like, oh, mayonnaise beer, what's that? So, Tony, I think my biggest disappointment with, with this was that this beer does not have mayonnaise in it. So this is not a Mamma Mia pizza beer. This is one of no. those pizza beers that is pizza beer in name only. This is a yes, mayonnaise this... beer in name only. No, no egg or oil emulsion going into this beer. Oh. Off color would argue that you should not be calling this mayo beer. You should be calling this uh, beer for mayo, I believe. Um, just like their kind of beer for pizza or beer for ball games uh, uh, series there. So this is a Vienna style lager. I was pretty disappointed when I clicked on this link and learned that uh, it's just a beer that's intended to pair with a BLT. Um, <laughs> now I love a BLT, Tony, but if you're just going to give me Vienna lager with my BLT, I'm, yeah. I mean, I like Vienna lager, but I do something with it. I would go, I think a BLT would go nice with a smoked uh, Vienna. How about that? What if you did that? That'd be the way to go. I, I think it needs to be a smoked beer to really go with with mayo because, like, a great BLT is, is smoked bacon. If, you, if you're going to yes. really gussy this thing up and pair it with a beer, it needs to be the smoked version. It cannot be the plain version. 
because basically any light flavor beer is a mayo beer. PBR is a mayo flavored beer in that case. It's yeah. it's a good pairing with mayo. Um, what do you think would actually go with mayo? So you're saying, all right, so let's say let's just let, let's just say you're eating. Uh, let's even leave bacon out of it. So they yep. talk about BLT. That's probably the famous sandwich that has a good glob of mayo on it, right? Yep. But say you're just getting. Let's say you're getting a. You're going to eat a turkey sandwich, or a roast beef sandwich, or a ham sandwich. Something a little milder than bacon, w- with a nice spread of mayo. You got your lettuce, your tomato. You know, kind of your traditional day to day lunch meat sandwich. It's a Saturday. Maybe you're sitting down. You're watching. Um, you know, St. Kilda get their shit kicked in by one of these good teams, Free Ge- Geelong, maybe last week, right? Yeah. yeah. And you're Free, um, Free this week. You're chomping on a Sammy, you know? Yep. Um, what beer do you think really goes with sort of something that is a little fatty like that mayo and lunch meat combo? See, my first thought was a kettle sour, and that that's wrong. Me too. My 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 next thought was... Clean, crisp, lager, not enough to cut through. It's, you would probably call this beer a different style, but in Australia it is an XPA. So we're just yeah, talking a highly hopped pale ale. I think new school highly hopped pale ale is the way to go. Cuts through perfectly, not a big body, um, has enough fruitiness that plays nicely with the fattiness of the mayo, uh, bitter enough finish that, that it cleanses the palate but you just want to keep eating and want to keep drinking. Sunny day, sandwich, perfect combo in my view. What about yourself? I agree. I think a pale ale is nice. I think a Belgian pale ale would be really nice, something Ooh, yeah. with a little bit of um, funk to it that sort of kind of uh, marries against the savoury lunch meat taste. Yeah, you have to be um, careful though with that funk. Does that take too much away from the sandwich? I know this is not an extravagant food, but if you're going to say what pairs with it you really need to keep that funk in check and not that probably depends if i'm eating if i'm eating turkey you're probably it probably overdoes it right so you might just go with pale ale but but the belgian pale is is, belgian beer is nice yeah it is but something like a belgian pale is is the perfect beer where you just get a little bit of those esters and the the clove works nicely with the ham and it's not not bringing too much funk to it i think that's that's a really wise choice I would argue that if you're talking BLT, back to that. Yep. I would argue that dry stout would go better than a Vienna lager. Dry stout, or even even pushing into a smoked porter territory, would work with a yeah, ham sandwich. Like yeah, something something that would sort of um, do something with that bacon because Vienna lager is just I don't know I love Vienna lager but it's you know it's a little sweet. I don't know. I don't. I don't really see where. I don't really see where that lines up. Anyways, no mayonnaise in the beer. Kind of a cheap headline. Got to be honest with you. Uh, Champion Brewing and Duke's Mayo combined to make a mayonnaise brew. Uh, I don't like that. You know, you kind of you 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 roped me in, and then you gave me Vienna Lager, and I'm pretty disappointed. So, yep. Uh, that's a big downer. Um, let's move on to something more uh, fun and exciting. How about our friends over at Lagunitas? Uh, this is from a, a tweet from this week from uh, and, and various news. Uh, Lagunitas, their big innovation in 2022 is going to be a premium spiked and sparkling Guayusa tea called Disorderly Tea House. So, Tony, 
this is, yeah, it's a sparkly. I don't know anything about Guayusa tea. It no. says it has natural blackberry and raspberry flavors also. And uh, uh, it's going to be the biggest new brand launch in Lagunitas history with the goal of becoming Lagunitas's third biggest brand, which I would presume means it's what IPA. I don't and, know what's after that. And then this. <laughs> yep. Now, I, I think this has got potential to take off. I think spike teas are really lacking in um, volume of quality, if that makes sense. So there are a lot of spike teas out on the market that are unbalanced, either one way or the other, too alcoholic, too tea flavoured, too sparkling flavoured, too sweet. Um, yep. Really like the can art on this. Um, I think this has potential to become big in the short term and then fade away fairly quickly. But I'm I'm all for this. I want you to get your hands on some disorderly oh, yeah. tea. I, I'm in on this. Um, will you be trying some of this? Will you be trying to get hold of this if it's not available? Oh, yeah. In when your they, when this comes. This will be here. Oh yeah, they're they're I not. This will have this. Yeah, it will not. Will I have any trouble getting this? Um, I am going to get my hands on this. This sounds good to me. I don't know anything about Guayusa tea. I'm going to drink it. It's if it sounds. Yeah, I don't know. You know, to Lagunitas' credit, I as much as they're kind of they've got their problems, their beers are still good. The stuff's still good. I mean, there's I still haven't I haven't had an issue like I've had with Goose Island's sort of standards in the past that I just don't find them tasty anymore. Yeah, uh, I think these beers are still very nice. Um, I'm now kind of obsessed with trying to figure out what their second biggest brand is. Like, is it Little Something Something? It'd have to be Little Something Something. Because it or wouldn't be Brown the, Sugar. Or it's Daytime. Or it could uh, be Daytime. Daytime took off be and daytime. was huge. Boy, I had Waldo's special this year. Now I'm just looking at these things. I had Waldo's special this year. That's so fucking good, dude. Back and they're, on track, they're barely just not as good, too. <laughs> Shout out to Lockinitas if you guys haven't heard of them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes. Uh, all right. So that's that's Lockinitas. We're going get to get our hands on some of that. And then there's another story that, that popped up this yep. week, Tony, that I that I thought I would, um, I would let us uh, get into. Uh, this is the worst cheap beer in America, customers say in new survey. So, Tony, they put six beers on here as the worst beer in America. Um, Let's hold back on number you, six. Let's go through the top five and then we'll give the sixth after that. Yeah. So, real quick, we'll bust through these. So, the, the, so we'll, we'll say uh, the fifth, fifth worst is Ice House. Yep. Um, they had 11.3% respondents wouldn't drink it if offered. Those people are sick. I would drink. If you handed me any of these beers, I'd suck it down. I don't care. Um, number four was Bush, which I, I got to say, if you're, if you're thinking Ice House is better than Bush, yeah. you're, you're making a boo-boo right there. You're a troubled individual. Number three is the Keystone Red Can, Keystone Traditional, Keystone Non-Light. I think this is worse than Bush also. Yes. Um, so I guess they got that right. Um, number two, boy, I think this would be my number one. That's what Tony. I was going to say. I thought this would be number, number one. Number two is Natty Ice. Uh, uh, would, I, would I drink this if it was handed to me? Yes, you would. 
you would be yes. nostalgia for your college days. No. Keystone would probably make me more nostalgic for my okay. college days, drinking a warm Keystone red can. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Memories. And then number one, and number one, I got to say, I disagree with, and this beer is being discontinued. Um, uh, I don't, I, I'm not looking for this beer, but I would drink it. It's a Milwaukee's Best Premium, which, of course, it's not good, but whatever. I mean, what what is it? You know, it's just fucking shitty beer. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting out of this that. Yeah. I don't know. Ice House is worse than that to me. Ice House yep. is worse than Milwaukee's Best Premium. Uh, Natty Ice is worse than Milwaukee's Best All of these. I think all of these are probably worse than Milwaukee's Best Period. period premium. Now, we skipped number six because I think number six is, is greatly um, misguided. Number six yes. is Bud. Budweiser. Budweiser. Budweiser, King of Beers. Not Bud Light. Red Bottle. Red Bottle. Red Bottle Budweiser. 11.5% said they wouldn't drink a Budweiser if it were handed to them. Now, this is some bullshit. Now, whatever you think of what's in the bottle, you've got to respect the original Bud marketing. I I, I don't care what people say. I think that's a great bottle design. Um, I think the beer for a mass market premium beer it's going to be perfect every time you get it. It's not going to be great. It's no worse or better than any other of the the three majors. It's fine. It's thin. Yep. But yep. it's well brewed and it's going to be the same every time. I know what I'm going to get. It's like a McDonald's it's, quarter pounder. It's it, easy to drink. It's corn and rice. I mean, yeah. what do you want? You know, it's nothing wrong with it. Um I I think this is a, a truly um, misguided uh, uh, and 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 you know kind of speaks to the maybe some of the mistakes lately in Budweiser's ability to market its product. Yep. Um, I, I think it's having a hard time getting out of uh, it, the fact that it's getting pushed in with the other really cheap shit beers. I mean, listen, I'm extolling the virtues of Bush. But Bush is supposed to be the shitty version of Budweiser. Yeah, it is. And and for their premium version of Budweiser, this is their most premium, isn't it? There's nothing yeah. above this. It's it no, sort I mean, of goes I mean, Budweiser, Bud Light, and then Bud Select is. But Bud Select is just only meant to be a lighter version of Bud. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. nothing good, of, and it's only sold in St. Louis now. But. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm listen. I'm not reaching for a butt out of my fridge. Um, if no, I'm buying a case of cheap beer, yeah, I'm buying hams or something. But yeah. um, this is this is a silly this is a silly thing. So um, I don't think Budweiser is is this bad. And it'd be interesting to see whether this included American beers. I'm I'm sure I'm um, not American beers. International beers. I'm sure it didn't. But. Surely there would be some international beers that I thought would have rated higher on this list. Things like Heineken. Heineken Every Heineken the- that shows up in the States is the worst, is a worse beer than Budweiser. <laughs> yep. Foster's would be a worse beer than uh-huh. Budweiser. Michelob didn't make this list. Now, Michelob, I know, is supposed to be some kind of, I don't know if it has premium looking branding, but Michelob I mean, every Ultra. Michelob. 
It has ultra the, in the name. The hundred Michelobes I've drank for a dollar from the Casino Royale. Um, none of them were particularly good. So, no. um, I might put that. I might put that up above Bud. You know, I don't know if it makes the top five, but. Anyways, I don't like this list. I think there's a bunch worse beers. I think there's worse beers in the Milwaukee's best fucking line of beers than there are than this one. Yep, I, um, I agree. And I think there's five, to be fucking honest, uh, I I would tell you there's five Lining Kugels flavors that I would throw in this list before before Bush or Bud. Um, put dump some of that fucking lining kugels, summer shandy or berry vice out. Uh, make that make that the worst beer in America. Good lord, that stuff's nasty. Now, how much can um, you take from a poll? Because currently, um, leading the race to become Californian governor, if Newsom gets recalled, is Kevin Pafraf. Are you familiar with Kevin Pafraf? I'm not. Kevin Pafraf is a YouTuber. Oh, yeah. That is his claim to fame. He is a landlord and a YouTuber. So he, in one poll, had 1% of the vote. In a different poll, he had 27% of the vote. So how much can you take from polls, and especially ones conducted by Mashed? Democrats love being landlords, don't we? Good Lord. Uh, All right. I think That's he's in the same class as Democrat as Joe Manchin or Christian Cinema. Yeah, I would figure. That's my guess. Yeah, he's a he's in that. He's he's one of them's one of them guys. Um, Tony, it's uh, it's time to get into our game. Uh, we've we've been flying all over the handle today, but let's let's lock it down. Let's get Tony into the well, shove him down there, try to d- distract him so he doesn't start. Uh, pulling out his little thing and messing around with it, looking at the old old porn. Um, this is going to be a round of the classic game Untrapped. Tony, uh, Untrapped, the classic game that I do when I can't come up with a better game to do. Um, but it's one we love because we have, uh, you get to go down into the big well. You've yep. got all your favorite it's things down there. Win-win it's a win win for both of us. I only have to spend a half hour or so figuring out what I'm going to do. And I really only have to have one idea, which is great. So. Tony, this week's round, uh, because of the slight amount of excitement we got around the Discord this week uh, for the start of the English Premiership, uh, some football, Ameri- soccer, as we call it here in the States, soccer. Or as, um, we, um, as the, sorry for your luck, folks would call it, kickball. Yep, the kickball has started. Um, so, uh, of course, for... Um, my favorite team, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, started off with a win and a nice and a gambling win for me. Also, when I saw that they were plus four sixty and tied at halftime at home, and I uh, put a fin on that and took home an, a little penny off of that one. Nice. Uh, so this week, 
Uh, I have chosen three beers uh, that are the official beers at the stadiums Ooh. of three Premier League teams. This um, is going to be tough. So these beers, you're mostly going to know what they are, but uh, they're probably going to have. There's a there's there's some tricky ones in here. There's none of these are big monster stouts. There's no freebies here, so kind of have to. The tricky part with these, just to to tell everybody, to give let everybody in, is that when it's when it's you kind of just have to decide if this is a good or bad beer, and then you have to evaluate what somebody would say about this beer if they were in, say, England. That's and really the key this beer. thing: is what they think about it in England, not what we think of it in our markets. Yeah, exactly. So, Tony, let's let's the first one. Let's welcome. Uh, the new boys of the of the Premier League, one of the newly promoted teams. This team hasn't been in the top tier for 74 years. This is Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium in West London, the suburbs of West London. Uh, they are drinking their official beer in the stadium. Fuller's London Pride, a all-time classic. Absolutely classic. Uh, now, and of course, an absolutely they, delicious beer. They're the uh, Badgers, of course. That's that's their name, kind of like Hotspur. Is that they're the Badgers, right? Are they? I, I they are bees to me. They are little bees. Um, they have a little bee logo, so they're the bees to me. And they did beat Arsenal two two nil in the first match of the season. I got a lot of joy out of that too. A nice weekend for me. It's going to be all downhill from here, but it was a, a pleasant weekend watching Arsenal lose to the newly promoted team. Okay. Uh, and I won money on that too, just for the record. So anyways, okay. uh, Fuller's London Pride, Tony, it has 302,426 check-ins. One th- 100,000, or sorry, 178,199 ratings. Brewed under the watchful eye of our Griffin since the 1950s, London Pride is unmistakably... London's beer with its well-rounded flavor and rich history. Everything about this authentic characterful beer binds it to our capital city and the people who love it. I would guess at the stadium, they are serving the bottle can and keg version. It doesn't matter. It's all under, it's all under the same umbrella here. The cask version, 4.1% bottle can and keg, 4.7%, 30 IBUs on this one. I've had six of them, Tony. And I bet more than that. I've had more than that. I haven't ever checked one in. Um, big fan of the beer engine version of this, the cask uh-huh. version. Um, we can get it in Melbourne CBD when you're allowed to sit down and drink without a mask. Whenever that happens again, I will be partaking. But I don't think this scores above a four. I am a big fan of this beer. I don't necessarily think it has a huge following with the British public. And when I mean big following, a big fan base. I think everybody drinks it. I think it's underappreciated. So I'm going to say this comes in right around the three and a half mark. I'm going to say it actually comes in just above three and a half at 3.56 he can't give it to me. I can see it on his face. He was agonizing over whether he can give it to me. I know it's a tough one, and I, I would like to, but I don't think I can do it. I think it's I just think it's too different of a sentiment 
on this rating. Tony, London Pride. I would guess the people who truly love London Pride are not the ones who are checking it in on Untapped. Correct. Uh, because this beer has a 3.41. Uh, now oh. it has a delight. Now there is a truly delightful picture on the London Pride page here of a man with a flight, and it appears to be a pairing of little pies. Nice. And I, I've never wanted anything so badly as this. There's little pies that are about the size of the flight cups. So I, I'm guessing they're little like savory pies. And yep. then there's like some, there's a big slab of butter. Yeah, the English um, do that with their pies. Weird. And then there's um, some gravy on one side. And then there is a different looking gravy that's sort of a light gravy with herbs. Maybe like a chicken gravy. Could be. With uh, with some chopped, um, looks like some chopped herbs in there. Um, and they had the London Pride. Uh, this might be at a Fuller's Tide House or something, because the, 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 the white wooden flight thing is engraved and says London Pride, ESB, and Honeydew. <laughs> I <laughs> want this so fucking much, here. dude. This looks so good. I want this. Making me really, really hungry. Yep. Um, Shout I out love to that. our good so, buddy Nick Talk. Talk Nick us through Talk, the yeah. talk us through this picture. What is going on here? Because he would know yeah. we don't we don't have this thing in Australia, and you guys I don't need, have it in America. It sounds delightful, but talk us through. I need it, Nick. the I need the pie flight with butters and gravies and ESBs or whatever. That sounds so good. Yep. All right, beer number two. What do we got? Tony's like, we have to get this fucking show over. <laughs> Disagree, Tony. Let's keep going forever. Uh, all right, next up. Next up are the gang that just got their shit kicked in by Brentford. It's our. Uh, we head up to the Emirates uh, and see uh, the scum of the earth at um, the Emirates Arsenal Arsenal Football Club and their beer, uh, which actually sounds very nice. Um, for everything I hate about Arsenal, they're probably more like me than. We are different. They're drinking the Camden Hells Lager over at the Emirates. This is a Hellas Lager. Um, lovely branding on this thing. It has 109,916 check-ins, 73,000 ratings. What the Hells? Thanks for asking. Hells is the love child of our two favorite German beer styles, Hellas and Pilsner. So this is a Pilsner Hellas combo what the fuck uh clean crisp and dry it's the beer we always wanted to drink and the reason we started our brewery we hope you agree crisp uh sorry clean and refreshing with a dry hop finish taste the great depth of flavor that comes from a long slow maturation in tank this is how a great lager should taste this is the beer camden town was born to brew uh combining two of our favorite beer styles into one boy to, to their credit, I bet maybe this beer is delicious, but this beer has Arsenal written all, all over it. It's yep. a beer that didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Um, Just pick one of those two <laughs> styles. It uh, fits yeah. into both. There's a lot of overlap in that style. There's, there's, I, I, mean, I have a little bit of concern about this beer. So, so like, If you're thinking, oh, I need something like, how about a Pilsner? No, not, not really what I wanted. How about a Hellas? No, I wasn't thinking that either. If you got something right in, in the middle, yeah. like yeah. I need a Goldilocks fucking beer. 
Yeah, it's a little bit Frank Frankenstein here. So this is um, 4.6, uh, 24 IBUs. Feels weirdly low for something that was intended to be partially pilsner, but maybe it's just the dry hopping, and that doesn't yeah. really count. So, um, Tony, what do you what do you think about the Camden Hills? Um, this is not going to rate highly. We know these light lagers everywhere in the world don't rate. At all. Yeah. So I don't think they rate in England. I think this is a marketing beer. I think this comes in at 3.37 on the untapped scale. He sighs again. I miss out again. Now, Tony, I might give you this one just because I kind of like the spirit of it. I, I think you just weren't willing to go low enough, but I might, I might hand you this one. 3.24. That's close enough. It's, it's really about as close as you were, but there's some reason why being over three and a half and under three and a half strikes me as being wrong. But if you're in the low threes, that feels more yeah. right to me. Anyways, I'm just handing it off. I don't know. It's all based on my judgment. So I just get to pick. I, there's no it's arbitrary people. Arbitrary. Ruins yeah, our final. We're, we're using numbers, but essentially I'm judging your ability to choose the numbers, sort of like a gymnastics um, <laughs> <laughs> routine. <laughs> um, this is a it's a three point two four. Um, yeah, this beer doesn't sound good to me actually. Um, I'd drink it though if I were there. <laughs> Whatever. I, I'm curious. I'm curious. It, it probably is fine. I don't know. It's dry. I would guess it's it's going to taste better than a you know mass market lager is, it? is right. It's going to taste. Is I think it will. I, I think it'll probably at least taste sort of bright. And dry, you know, there's there's something to that, right? It should be easy there to is. drink. Yeah. Um, I, I, do. I don't know what to I don't know what to form out of it, but it. I'm telling you, it's like the current uh, Arsenal team. They just got a bunch of there's some guys, and uh, nobody quite knows what we're supposed to do with the guys. No, they're um, paid well, but it's like these are good ingredients. The, they're just sort of mashed together, and yeah, it's collection not a full- of guys. Yeah. It's not a fully attenuated pilsner, but it's not like right. a glute bomb. Let's call it a hybrid. Yeah, that's right. Um all right, Tony. We're giving you one. You're one for two. Let's see if you can let's see if you can take this thing home. Just down the road, uh, on the park lane here, uh, we are going to, of course, the brand new, gorgeous, lovely Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, it took two years too long to build it, but it's open now. And it is, and inside of it, besides the uh, much maligned cheese room that is in the stadium, oh. uh, why is sure. it maligned? Well, because uh, Spurs aren't really buying any players, but we are. We do have a cheese room, so we have that going for us. Um, I don't see the problem here. Cheese room. Come if on. If I get to go to the cheese room, I'm fine with it. I actually don't care if we buy any players if I get to go to the cheese room. But I don't get to go to the cheese room. I think the rich people get to this go to the cheese This could be room, an addition so. to my well. Another room on the well. The cheese room. Yeah, let's do that. I think it's a good idea. Mm. Yeah, you can, get, you can get a cave in there. I've had some yeah. cave-age cheese. That shit's fucking good, man. It is. Um, so the gang at Beavertown have a brewery in the stadium, Tony. They're brewing beer in the stadium. Okay, um, so this is true. Triple seven style in stadium brewing. Okay, triple seven's not a in stadium brewery, but it's a in casino brewery. Maybe maybe this is a little bit seems a little bit higher uh, octane, a little bit more money behind Beaver Town, I think, than uh, than triple sevens. Now, 
that said, um, did I not see the irony in naming it Beaver Town? Because it's like naming a beer Vagina Town. Or do you not use right. the slang Beaver? No, we do. Vagina? No, I was just letting I was just letting that hang out there for a minute. Um, yeah, macerate we, out there. Right, we got that one. Yeah, that one's that one's here. Um, we have all kinds of. Um, there's all kinds of beaver jokes out. There's a, I, I forget where it is, but I, I do, I think it's in Corvallis, Oregon, where the Oregon State Beavers play. I believe there is a Beaver Liquors, um, which is a famous, uh, very, very silly name for your liquor store. So, um, anyways, uh, this beer is, uh, so also Beaver Town, they're now opening a, a pub right across the street on the park lane from the new stadium, which is kick-ass. It looks awesome. Is I would love to go to this cave? place. I hope so. Lord help me. Maybe maybe you can put the beaver. I think you already have the beaver cave down there, Tony. I don't think you have any trouble with that. <laughs> no, that, that, that's well yeah, and truly you're, under you're control, especially there. Yeah, with right, 70s. Right. 70s. Right, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> those things are, those things are, are swimming along. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, all right, this is called Lupaloid, Tony. It's an American IPA, a classic. Okay. 6.7%, 65 IBU, 78,250 check-ins, 53,652 ratings. Introducing the newest addition to our meticulous lineup of core range offerings, Lupaloid IPA, a 6.7% uh, India Pale Ale. The most notable thing is that it is our first straight-up IPA, no funny business, just malt, yeast, water, and hops, lots of hops. I guess it only took us four years. This has um, uh, extra pale wheat and flaked oats and citra, mosaic, and equinox. This has the ingredients for a great beer. Do I think they've pulled it off? Not sure. What cheese would you match with it? I'm thinking like an English cheddar. Stilton, must Stilton really? might be nice. Those, right now, no. yeah, you're right. English cheddar. No, you're right. Like a Gloucester cheddar or yeah. something like that. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm talking like a matured cheddar, not something that's yep. that hasn't been out for a while. You know, when cheddar forms those crystals in it, it becomes kind sure. of crunchy. That's see. I go to England. I just want to be eating Stilton cheese all day. I don't care. I don't care what you're giving me to drink. But yeah. I would. You're right. Some some ch- some hardcore English cheddar would be real good. Yeah, cloth bound English cheddar. We do a good one in my town. Well, it's not an English cheddar. In, in the well, you're doing a nice one, I think. Yeah. Mafra Farmhouse Cheddar. Cheese people, keep mm-hmm. an eye out for it. Um, especially the aged version, really good. But back onto the beer. This rate's higher because it's not a lager, but it is a stadium beer. This falls squarely. Now, I'm not – now. This isn't only made in the stadium. I no, want to no, make that clear. I get that. This brewery, this brewery, I've, I have had beer from this brewery at beer oh. fests and oh, stuff. Yeah. So this is a this is a beer I've had. So Just let me get my beer. full reasoning out, and then you can then make a choice as to your whether you give it to me or not. Maybe I shouldn't be biting the hand that feeds me. People, not not wise move on my part. But here's my thinking: this is a credible brewery, and I'm sure you'll you'll say. They're credible in the fact that they are producing beers for beer festivals and and things like that. But this is a beer that is one of their range that's brewed for a price. Mm. So, mm-hmm. therefore, this is one where the marketing department takes the lead. Now, I also right. think the people checking this in are paying football prices 
for some of these check-ins. So that also weighs heavily both in its favour because you're surprised to get something better than a, than a Tetley's or or, or one of, an American version of Budweiser or Milwaukee's Best Premium. So it's an upgrade yeah. over that, but you're also probably paying quite a few pounds more than you would regularly at a pub. So taking all those factors into account, I'm going to say this comes in at above three and a half. It does not reach the four. It comes in at 3.62. Not close enough, Tony. Uh, Uh, That one is a 3.83 for Lupuloid. No, I was not in the ballpark there. And if you could look at the pictures of it, you would have you would have believed it. This is a stunning looking beer. Wow, uh, dry looking, uh, a, a a wonderful can art too. I don't know how much can art has to do with the ratings, <laughs> but the can art on this thing is out of this world. It is a a, a fully printed pink can, like a bright pink yep. can. With a big, like, kind of craggy hop on there and little rocket ships taking out of the big hop planet. Um, that sounds awesome. A very cool looking can, a very sharp looking beer. Looks like any West Coast IPA you'd ever see. It has a very clear look about it, very dry look about it. Um, great color, good head retention. Looks like a winner. If I could drink it fresh, I would, I would, I would have some in my fridge probably. Can you take me through the last three um, reviews that actually have text? Do you have that on hand? Uh, here's uh, here's one. Boy, the British people. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know if these are British people or not. I would assume they are. I don't know where this beer would come to in the States. This is from Johnny D. Johnny D says, good strength, good beer, 3.25. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Nailed it. Oh, this guy. Boy, this guy's mad, huh? Tommy S. Uh, says gives it a 2.25 and says it, it tastes and plays like the Spurs. So, <laughs> is that good or Tommy bad? Is, is that a from. burn or is that a compliment? Well, I don't know. Maybe he's just mad because Spurs beat City the other day. I mean, how ma- I mean, what, give it a break, my man. Yeah. You know? Yep. Mm. Sorry about you. And then... Um, Boy, most of the ones with rate. Okay, uh, this one is in a different language, so we're going to skip that one. Um, Here's this one. TBH, I don't remember much about this, but it was good, (laughs) hoppy, and I would drink it again. Drank it on the train back to Bristol, and she loved it so much, she gave it a 3.25. Sounds like Australians reviewing bees. Perfect. Yeah. So kind of a mixed bag of, of ratings here from... Various places across Europe. Um, yep. Like I said, though, Tony, just looking at this beer, if uh, knowing that the hops are Citra Mosaic and Equinot, my ass is in on this thing. This sounds good. So, uh, Tony, a one for three. Uh, you're all right. You're just going to cut yourself off a big hunk of that uh, sort of cloth-bound cheddar and uh, try to eat that with one hand and see what you can do with the other one, huh? <laughs> now... I'm going to do an untrap with you over the beer that I have just purchased, the right. Jumping the Shark 2020. It's a 
cherry, chocolate, coconut, rum barrel aged, and amphora conditioned imperial stout by mm. Moondog. Um, a huge 12.6% imperial stout popped in some delicious rum barrels for a nice long beauty sleep, finished with cherries on top, amphora conditioned cherry, coconut, and chocolate. Um, there are 48 ratings. It's 12.6% to say that again. And it's from Moondog. It's Jumping the Shark 2021 edition. Tony, uh, oh boy, rum barrels. Oh, boy. Um, now rum you, barrels are not not for me usually, but maybe this is more delicate than some of the Captain Morgan beers I've been, I've had it, been it, subjected to over the years. It could be. And you've got to remember, Australia is much more a rum-loving country than America. I love a coconut. I love a cherry. All those things are in my in my sort of universe here. And the label is kind of a mm. pink, red, and and purple with, with with gold foiling on it. With forty eight check ins, you're really just trying to guess if forty eight people liked it or not. Yes, you are. Uh, and it's more likely that in the early stages, I feel like. It's going to be better liked because people are probably paying. This probably isn't cheap. It's certainly um, not. This is not cheap. People, you want to like a beer that's not cheap. I know I do. <laughs> now here, when you start getting into longer times away, because I know this because I know these people, when you buy an expensive beer and you get farther away from spending the money and then you start thinking back about how much you spent on it and more of the nerds start drinking it and hating that they spent money on this, that's when you start to get the shitty people come out and get pissed off about buying it. So I'm going to say there's a little bit of the fruited component to this. I don't know. And nothing in in Australia rates over four either. But I think this might early on. I'm going to say 4.20. 420. We're going 420. 420 hasn't let 420.69 hasn't let me down yet. We're going 420. I have to give it to you because you bang on the fucking money, sunshine. 4.22. Um, All right. Hit the target. Yeah. It um, is rating well, and you're right. All the early reviews are people that um, are willing to love it. Um, I, they're people willing to spend the money in the first place. This is not spur of the moment. Well, it could be spur of the moment kind of things, but I think anybody checking it in at the moment is checking it in because they, they sought this beer out. They didn't buy this by accident. So a um, couple of five stars. Um, yeah. There's only one. Oh, no, there's, there's a couple of written reviews. I like this by Yoda J., D- ridiculously, you, ridiculously delicious. That was mm-hmm. and warming. Mm-hmm. Delicious, <laughs> ridiculous. It is. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't it Yoda? I don't know. <laughs> is that what Yoda sounds like? I don't know. I'm not a Star Wars dude. Um, and okay. obviously, the next guy down, Jamie. M- is one of your fancy paid untapped people because I can't work out whether it's 4.8, 4.9. It's almost a five-star review. So right. he's obviously rating in the 10th. Sure. Well, congrats. Well, that's awesome. I, I, My guess was to figure that um, 
you know, pastry stout there is probably not rate good pastry stout there is probably not rating like it is here. Yep. Um, here it gets 4.5s. If it's good there, it probably gets 4.2s. That's pretty much most of my most yep. of my train of thought. So, so you're not going to uh, Beaver Town? I would love to go to. I would. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't prove. You can't prove that. Um, <laughs> uh, and Tony's phone's going off. He's he's he wants this thing to be over. Um, all right, Tony. Let's let's give it. Let's call this thing. Let's let's let people. Let's set everybody free. Okay, let's do that. If people want to find us, they can find us on Untapped. I'm Saint Moz on Untapped. You're Griff AD on Untapped. You can find us on Instagram. Hey, I'll post a picture this week on Instagram. I will post oh a picture of this jumping, jumping the shark. Not only the bottle, but I'll I'll post a picture of the beer in the glass. Picture My promise to you, Whistler's mother. Uh, very good. Yes, that'll be good to have. Um, Tony and, and folks can find us on Instagram. Uh, they can go to Beer Engine Pod. We're at Beer Engine Pod there. Uh, one of the best ways to stay in contact with us, because Lord knows you want to do that, is on Discord. Uh, drop us a note on Instagram or uh, over email, and we will get you added to the Discord. I didn't really talk about some of the fun stuff this week, but real quick, I do want to give a shout-out to our, our guys, Nick Torque, Corey, Cascade Dank, uh, J-Rome, who were all pretty active on the Discord this week. Um, Nick Torque asked a very... Uh, important question which is that how long I've supported Spurs um, I would have loved to be supporting Spurs in the 80s and 90s but uh, alas I was very young and uh, I had no agency over the sports I would like which is why I've ended up a Bulls fan um, which is an unfortunate outcome of that but I have uh, you know the catch I've, I've tried as my best to catch up as being a fan over the last we'll say six to eight years um, and I, I, of course, recognize the Holston jerseys from U.S. men's national team, former uh, manager Jurgen Klinsmann, ah. former Spurs, a true Tottenham legend um, in his Holston jersey. Um, but there's some funny stuff from Nick. Nick's kind of our resident beer historian, probably knows a lot more about beer than I do. Yes, um, I've, but- I've tried to coax him on the show, but um, he is a private individual who enjoys his time yeah. outdoors and... He's a great asset to the show. We will hit him up for more beer history, though. And uh, yeah, we respect we respect that for sure. Most of, the, of most... the sugar turns to alcohol was Holston's slogan. That's so fucking funny. That should be Budweiser's slogan. Why don't they use it that? Maybe be. that would get him. Maybe that would they would be more liked if they did that. It's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had some good we had some good stuff this week. Just get on our. You can get in our Discord. It's so easy. You don't even have to. You don't even. Ha- I won't even talk to you if you don't want to if you're scared of messaging me or tony and i can't fucking fathom that being the case but if you are don't be we won't even try to like uh become best friends with you or anything or whatever no Um, we'll just put you in there it'll be fine um uh tony also you can email us uh and do that it's beer engine show at gmail.com i should have given you that address but you can of course email us and and say whatever you want we did get an email this week i decided not to read it because it was a goofy ad. Um, it looked like it was from a real human, and it said he was trying to get us to do some sort of ad or something. And, um, well, we're not doing an ad. To do something, I don't know what he wanted us to do. No, something. but I'm, I'm going to shout him out by name. Alex, 
San Filippo. If you have really listened to this show, please email us again and say, give us, let's make him say a secret phrase. The yeah. Beaver Town. Alex, Alex San Filippo. Yeah, okay. Alex San Filippo. The secret message is Beaver Town is just an untrimmed version of the map of Tassie. <laughs> Can't even piece that one together, but that is pretty good. All right. And that's the password to join the Discord. Just kidding. You can just email us. It doesn't matter. All right, Tony. I got nothing else to babble on about. Anything final for the listeners? Uh, just to say that the map of Tassie is another euphemism for Beaver Town. Oh, oh wow. Okay, that's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>